Hello and welcome back to the Abbey Online podcast. This week I spoke to the Brighton and Hove Labour councillor Bella Sankey. Bella has been trying to keep the media informed about the ongoing case of the missing 200 children from local asylum hotels in the Brighton and Hove area. Many of these children are thought to have been kidnapped and trafficked by organised crime gangs in the UK. The Labour Party has been calling for a thorough investigation into these cases as it seems to be another failing from the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, who has faced ongoing criticisms for her immigration policies on processing, timing and housing conditions. Stay tuned to find out more about the rolling case as during this episode we will be discussing the victims and what has likely happened to them through the process of child trafficking and what the British government needs to do to stop this from continuing to happen in the UK. Thank you for listening and please don't forget to give my podcast a rating and a review on whatever platform you are streaming this from. The news first broke last month after a whistleblower spoke to the Observer newspaper and exposed the failings of the Home Office in duty of care and safeguarding of minors. Up to 200 unaccompanied children seeking asylum in the UK have disappeared after coming to the UK from countries such as Albania, Egypt, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Turkey and Vietnam. The children are being taken by trafficking gangs who know where to find the children. What are the government doing to crack down on such gangs? Because I know last year there was only one conviction for such an offence. So the government clearly isn't doing enough to stop the trafficking gangs. But worse than that, by putting children alone in hotels in Brighton and Hove and elsewhere in the country, The government is effectively making itself complicit in a trafficking ring because we know that trafficking is rife with unaccompanied children that arrive in the UK. And we know that if they're not properly safeguarded and protected, and that means being placed into foster care with families, then the the chances are or the likelihood is that they may be vulnerable to being re-trafficked. There's now evidence from Brighton and Hove, thanks to the very brave work of a whistleblower and child protection sources in the city, that children are being literally kidnapped in broad daylight outside of the hotel in Hove, in my community, and being taken into into the criminal underworld and into trafficking operations. We also have evidence from some recent arrests that were made that children are being engaged in, in, in criminal work. So there is absolutely no excuse for these hotels remaining open. And I was absolutely horrified to learn that even as Brighton and Hove was making international headlines for all of the wrong reasons over the past couple of weeks, the Home Office is still transferring children unaccompanied to this hotel in Hove. And the local authority here in Brighton and Hove, run by the Green administration, is not taking effective action to stop this. What types of forced labour will the children be forced into? I know it can be county lines, drug distribution and sex work, unfortunately, but what other types of forced labour will it likely be? I think that that is a very good description that you've given of the types of forced labour that children can be forced into. As you say, children are vulnerable to drugs operations in county lines. Um, They're also vulnerable to be exploited by, um, by sex traffickers as well. Some of the most unspeakable things um, are done to children by by these trafficking gangs. And that's why it is genuinely shocking, 
genuinely shocking and and almost unbelievable that the Home Office and the Green Administration here in Brighton and Hove is allowing this to happen. What should civilians do if they think they've come into contact with one of, with one of these children? How and where do they report it in order to get the child to safety? So we know that 76 children currently remain unaccounted for that were in the hotel in Brighton and Hove. Uh, and that is that is absolutely scandalous and, and absolutely horrifying. Um, you know, we're talking about two or three classrooms of children that are still missing from this city. Um, it's absolutely essential that those children are found and it's all of our business to make sure that those children are found. So if somebody thinks that they have relevant information, I would urge them to go to their local police force as soon as possible um, and, and, and also to contact Sussex police and to work with the police to help locate, to help locate those children. If these children were British, would the system be treating them differently? What's your opinion on that take? Absolutely. And that's one of the most horrifying things about what is being done by both institutions here, the Home Office and the Green Administration here in Brighton and Hove, because local authorities are under a statutory obligation to look after children that are in their area. And it's meant to apply irrespective of how a child has arrived there, irrespective of the child's nationality or their race. But the inevitable conclusion that you reach when looking at this situation is that it's only because of these children's nationalities and that they've been brought here by the Home Office that the Green administration is convincing itself, uh, misleading the public, you know, call it what you want, that they don't have responsibilities for these children. I believe that they do have those responsibilities, but that they are shirking them. And I think that that's why we've seen so many children go missing so, of course, nationality is, is a hugely important factor here. And in my view, I don't think that Brighton and Hove City Council can call itself a city of sanctuary, nor an anti-racist city, for as long as this situation is allowed to continue. Many Britons have been expressing the viewpoint that the authorities in charge do not care. How do you feel about that take? I think there's no other conclusion that can be reasonably arrived at. Um, I have shadowed the work of the Home Office for most of my career um, and I can say hand on heart that I have never been more shocked by a situation being allowed to be created and then being allowed to persist as I am with the situation right here. We're talking about children, we're talking in my experience about children who have suffered some of the worst traumas that you can possibly imagine. Um, you know, refugee children arriving in the UK will sometimes have experienced the most awful things, um, including seeing their parents being killed um, and other such absolute horrors. So the idea that we are abandoning these children to the wolves, knowing full well that children like this will be targeted by criminal gangsters is, um, is, is absolutely shocking. And I don't see any other explanation than that these children are not cared for at all by both the Home Office and by the Green Administration here in Brighton and Hove. What warning slash safeguarding protocols need to be put into place to stop this from continuing? 
So the legislation that exists, in my view, is pretty clear. And that legislation says that if a child is in your local authority area, you as a council have responsibility for them if they don't have parents and they don't have their welfare being protected. Um, and these children clearly fall into that category. We also have a system which is called the National Transfer Scheme, which is a statutory system that Parliament endorsed. It's all about ensuring that when children arrive at one of our ports in the UK that need protection, when refugee children arrive, that there is a system which allows local authorities across the country to share taking those children into care placements. Now, that, that legislation is all on the statute book. My concern is that I think that, that that legislation is not being adhered to, both by the Home Secretary, who is transferring children into Brighton and Hove's area and elsewhere in the country, in my view, completely outside of the law and the safeguarding rules that do exist. And I think it's also not being complied with by the Green administration, who are not looking after those children sufficiently well. How can Suella Braverman improve the process for those seeking refuge in the UK? Because I know that she said some really ghastly things over the past couple of months, and she's been reinstated, which I'm shocked by after, you know, she's broken rules in Parliament. <clears throat> how, how can we improve the process? Sadly, I think the only conclusion you can draw looking at somebody like Suella Braveman is that she has no interest in improving the process. She is a Home Secretary that has a very populist agenda and her political agenda is all about scapegoating minorities, scapegoating people who are vulnerable, scapegoating people who have suffered trauma um, and, and really trying to blame them and inflame anger and hatred against them. And we saw this when she used really awful language to describe people that are um, seeking our safety. And we saw this again when she refused to apologise about that and, and refused to really listen to a Holocaust survivor that was really taking her to account for this. So there's loads of things that could be done to improve our asylum system. There needs to be more staff processing cases, um, there needs to be, um, you know, changes to how that to how the, that processing works. Um, it's not rocket science. It's it's actually really straightforward. But sadly, both with Suella Braverman and the Home Secretary that preceded her, Priti Patel, you haven't got people that are serious about getting this right. You've got people that are trying to exploit others' pain for their own political advancement. Is there any updates on the police investigation and when can we next expect to find out more about what's been going on and if they've managed to, you know, find some of the missing children? Because I find it hard to understand how you can lose that many young people in your care. And I understand that they're not in the right place uh, obviously in hotels they need to be with people that look after children that can actually take care of their needs um like a children's home but are there any updates and what can we expect next in this ongoing case so i'm not privy to any further updates from from the police but my assumption is that we will get these um when children are hopefully located 
Um, and, you know, we're obviously all hoping um, that, that, that those updates are positive ones, um, but given the circumstances, uh, you know, that is, um, that's not necessarily going to be the case. So um, we wait and see what the police can uncover and, and how many more children can be found. Um, one development that I'm aware of is that the Labour group on Brighton and Hove City Council has called for an emergency council meeting to discuss the, the city council's responsibilities in all of this and to press, press for urgent action. And that's going to be taking place, that meeting's gonna be taking place on the 2nd of March. Um, my understanding is also that the UN is going to be looking at this specific issue in Geneva at some point this week. Um, and I hope that that will keep the pressure up on the authorities here, um, because at the moment, neither the Home Office nor the Green Administration is doing anything like what is necessary to safeguard these children, despite the absolute appalling reports that we've heard in recent weeks. Would you advise members of the public to contact their local MPs or to write to different MPs in order to keep you know, trying to get some justice and to get them to, to be held to account, what would you advise members of the public to do that care about this matter? I would advise members of the public to make as much noise about this as possible. Um, and that includes writing to MPs um, and really trying to keep the pressure on. Um, we know that a lot of people um, a lot of MPs are really horrified by this, but it's going to be so important in these scandal ridden times to keep the pressure up because there are um, so many things that people are horrified about and trying to take action on. So absolutely, please keep up the pressure, write to your representatives, both locally and nationally, um, and keep you know sharing reports about this and, and trying to push it up the political agenda. Thank you for listening and please don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast a rating.